0: Now, I do bring the greetings of our Assembly of Littleton. <laughs> it's very, very nice to be here and to enjoy the fellowship of fellow saints from far away. And we always enjoy company when folks come um, from various parts of the world to visit with us. So you're all welcome to come and, and see the Great West and all the cowboys and Indians and all the rest of folks out there. But it's good to be here and uh, share the word. And we're going to read from John chapter 11 this morning. Now we're all familiar with the story of Lazarus, but it is so rich and so wonderful that we're going to take the time to read the first 44 verses. John chapter 11. We'll begin reading at verse 1. Verse <clears> 1. <throat> Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. This he said, and after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. The disciples then said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, you will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was speaking of literal sleep. So Jesus then said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead and I am glad for your sake that I was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him. Therefore Thomas, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles off and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother, Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ, the son of God, even he who comes into the world. When she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, the teacher's here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly, went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord If you had not, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? So Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, Remove the stone. And Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot in wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. Your study has been on encounters with Jesus Christ. And Mary and Martha were obviously, and Lazarus, were obviously friends of the Lord Jesus. And He cared deeply for them. So they had a relation built up already with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this episode, there's things that kind of make us wonder in some ways about what the Lord was thinking and how they might have been reacting to this whole situation. So Mary and Martha realized that their brother is quite sick and I'm thinking we live in a day and age of communication. If somebody is feeling sick today, we can immediately send a text or we can send an email and all around the world we know about somebody who's going through some, some illness and some difficulties. But back then, if they knew that situation, it might've been a challenge for them. And I'm not exactly sure how they got messages back and forth or how far it was. Was it Pony Express or exactly how that was done? But somehow they got the message to the Lord to say that Lazarus was sick. Now, by the time he got the message, the Lord knew that Lazarus had already passed away. So he was aware of the circumstance, but we get the key to the whole message in verse four. And I think it's important because God in his sovereignty, the Lord Jesus, is, knows everything that is taking place. He knows all about it. And he gives us this message. This sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. There's a purpose in what was going to take place. And the Lord knew that Lazarus was dead and he knows exactly what's going to take place and why it's going to take place. You and I are not privileged to know all those things. You and I are very much like Mary and Martha. We are driven by our circumstances. We can see them, we can feel them, our experience that we go through, we can understand. But in this particular case, the Lord has the bigger picture and he knows what's going to take place. And it's amazing when you think about it, they're making this appeal to him because they know that he loves Lazarus. And surely if you love him, you're going to do your best to get here as fast as you can because in our mind, the best solution to this problem is you're going to make sure that he's feeling better you're going to make sure that he recovers from his illness because that's what makes the best solution in our mind. So that's what they were thinking about. It says in verse 6, it's quite startling really, in some ways when you read this. It says, so when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer. (laughs) I think, wow, wait a minute, this... This doesn't make sense when he found out he he should have been hurrying right away to get back. But the Lord knows the big picture and he knows what's going to take place because he is going to have an, an opportunity to demonstrate the glory of God. In your experiences and my experiences we may go through, there are times when the Lord may bring us through an experience that we might in our minds think wow, why am I going through this? And we find out later on that it was to his glory. There's something that the Lord was going to do for us or to us that is in the bigger picture, a better solution or a better answer. And for those of you who have been through difficult times or whatever, quite often that might be your experience. When you finally come through it, you say, wow, I have an appreciation of what the Lord has brought me through. I was sharing with John and others about, they were asking me how I was doing, how I was feeling from my open heart surgery. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that when you're facing open heart surgery, you don't do that lightly. In fact, you turn around and say, well, Lord, it'd be a whole lot better. And I know, I know how powerful you are. It'd be a whole lot better if you just take care of this. Right now, and I can just skip that surgery part. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And the Lord takes you through that. And I thought for myself, this is gonna be a really hard experience. I'm gonna be really nervous. And as it turned out, because there are so many people praying for me, and I knew they were praying for me. In fact, I got got an email, I think it was like 3.30 in the morning or something, from Colin Jarvis. And he wrote to me and he said, Don, we'll be holding your hand today. Remarkable. And, and that, that day, and I, as I faced the unknown aspects of surgery, I had absolutely peace through the whole thing. And I look on that back now and I say, you know, Lord, that was an experience you took me through and you gave me your presence and there's, tremendous value and knowing the presence of the lord and the goodness of the lord's people and the prayer support that comes with it and so mary and martha i'm sure were sitting there saying we have the solution but the lord had a different plan and it's going to work out remarkably well so the lord decides that he's going to go and he's going to go back to, back to uh, Judah, Judea. And the disciples were a little nervous about this because they also are aware of circumstances. They're also aware of the situation. You really want to go back there and face possibly being stoned? Is that what you really want to do? Well, the Lord knows full. And he says, yes, we're going to go back because Lazarus has fallen asleep. Well, if he's, if he's fallen asleep, he's going to recover. He's going to be all right. No, you don't understand. No, no. You don't understand. He's dead. You know, sometimes, sometimes the Lord has to be really direct with us. He has to be really direct with us. And they had to be direct with his disciples because because of their circumstances, they were looking for a different alternative because it didn't fit exactly what they wanted to do. They weren't necessarily wanting to go back And so they were interpreting this in a different way. And finally, the Lord was very direct. Lazarus is dead. And so, of course, they're going to go. And um, when they head back there, Martha, of course, comes out. And and what Martha says is the same thing that Mary says. And what what they believed was, Lord, if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. If only you had been here. And quite often we go through life and we think, Lord, if you if you'd only been here, if you'd only been here, you would have known, you would have known about all these circumstances. I wonder sometimes, have you ever felt this and I have, where you would like just to have a, a few minutes with the Lord. I remember going through a difficult time and I remember saying to myself, or saying to the Lord, Lord, I would just love to walk around the block with you. I have some questions. I'd like to have a conversation with you. We do have conversations, of course, with the Lord, don't we? In our prayer time and our sharing. But there would be something really special, really precious about having a conversation with the Lord where we could ask him some things. Mary and Martha had that same feeling. Lord, if you'd only only been here, our, our brother, whom you love, you'd be alive. But the Lord knew, and so the Lord said to her, well, do you know that your brother's gonna rise from the dead? Again, he knows the perfect picture. Your brother is going to rise from the dead. That would be quite a startling statement if I had heard that. And Martha says, well, of course I know that in the final day, he's he's gonna rise from the dead. Sure, that's gonna happen. And the Lord says, no, no, I am the resurrection and the life. What a great verse. And he who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Are there times sometimes that we go through and, and in our experience of life, in our times with the Lord, sometimes I wonder, you know, is he asking me, do, do you really believe this? Do you really believe this? Because we're pretty weak quite often in our faith. And she's able to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord I Lord, I believe this because she says, you're the Christ, the Son of God. And she knew that whatever the Lord would ask of God, he was going to answer. And he was going to be able to do whatever he wanted to do. But there was still that doubt. There was still that questioning. And we go through life in the same way. We still on occasions have doubts, and we still have occasions our questions, and that's okay. But we need to be reminded of who this is. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's the one who has all authority, all power. He knows the big picture. He knows what's going to take place. And we are in his hands. And it's good for us to remember that and not to forget whose hands we're in. And so Martha calls Mary and they come along. When they get there, Mary gets there. She asks the exact same question. It says the exact same thing. Lord, if you you had been here, wow. Things would have been okay. But they're terrible. It's a bad situation. And of course the Lord says, where did they lead him? And they said, Lord, come and see. Where did they they lead him? She might have wondered, why are you asking that question? Why are you asking about where they've laid him? But the Lord knew full well the moment that is gonna take place. He knows full well all the circumstances of life, all the circumstances of mine, and all the circumstances of yours. And so he asked this question and he shows his compassion and his love. The Lord Jesus wept. Now he wasn't weeping for Lazarus because he knows what's gonna happen with Lazarus, but he's weeping for them. And he's weeping for the destruction of death and what it means. And how sad we live in a world that there's death all around us. And the only hope that there is in this world is in the resurrected Christ. And so the Lord Jesus showed how much he loved them. And there's all kinds of different opinions of what's going on here. Mary and Martha are wondering why he's asking this question. And there's others who are moved by the compassion of the Lord Jesus, seeing that he wept. And then there's others who, in a mocking way, are saying in the background, Well, if he was able to, if he was able to heal the sick and all the rest of that, if he would have been here, he could have done, but why wasn't he here? It's almost in a sense of questioning whether or not the Lord really would have been able to do that. But the Lord knew all about him. And so he says, remove the stone. You get back to the reality of the circumstances. Remove the stone. And Martha being moved by the reality of her circumstances says, Lord, you you don't understand. God of heaven doesn't understand. Lord, you don't understand. There's gonna be a stench. He's been dead for four days. Now, of course, it's important, right, that they know this because, of course, the Jewish law, you need to be, if you're going to be dead, dead, and, cons- and, and categorize it dead, it's going to be at least after four days. So he is dead, and he's going to be, there's going to be a stench. And do you really want to do this? I wonder where their faith was. Their faith was probably being affected by their circumstances, being affected by being overwhelmed with how traumatic and difficult it was facing the fact that their brother had died. And so the Lord says, remove the stone. Did I not say to you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? You're gonna see something really special. You're going to see the glory of God. And so he prays. And he prays. He could have just said, Lazarus, come forth. But what is he doing? He's identifying himself with the God of heaven. So the Jews will understand who are standing around watching this of who he was. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. He's the one who has all power and all authority. He's the one who has the authority over sin, death, Satan's power. And he's the one who can make the dead to rise. And so he says here, Lazarus, come forth. What a powerful statement. He's speaking to a dead man. You understand the circumstances here. The, the fact that Lazarus has been dead for four days, he's in a tomb, and he says to this dead man, Lazarus, you come forth. Somebody has speculated and said it was really important that he used his name. Because if the Lord would have said, come forth out of the dead, all the tombs would have emptied. I don't know if that would have been the case or not. But, it's, but it was powerful that Lazarus comes forth. That would have been a frightening experience. Sometimes I think we read scripture and we don't really think about what we're reading. We might say, ah, I would have loved to have been there. Well, that may be true, but that would have been a frightening experience to be standing there to see a man wrapped in grave clothes, walking out of a tomb after four days. Powerful image. But the Lord Jesus knew all about it. And what you have here is Lazarus coming forth and he's bound hand and foot. And the Lord says to them, an only really important thing, he says unbind him and let him go. They had experienced an absolutely supernatural event. They had seen a dead man come to life and he's standing there standing there in front of them. And he's wrapped in all of these grave clothes. And the Lord Jesus says, you unbind him, let him free. It's a picture of an encounter that is remarkable. You and I have had a similar encounter with the Lord Jesus if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Because you were dead in your trespasses and sins. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And basically wrapped in grave clothes. Hindered in the sense that there was nothing I could do for myself. But the Lord Jesus Christ, because of his love and kindness and mercy, called me out of death into life. I wonder what Mary and Martha must have thought and Lazarus as well when they're reunited together. What an what a incredible, joyful experience that must have been. That's not what they expected, but that's what they got. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who brings life to death. How thankful you and I should be and thrilled when we think of the fact that even though we were dead in our sins, we have been made alive. We've been made alive. You and I were in Lazarus' situation until we had an encounter with God. I remember listening to a a young Baptist preacher speaking to a bunch of young people and he was saying to them that, uh, you know, he, he was actually doing work in South America. And he came to speak to this large audience of young people. And he was talking to them about being transformed, being changed. And they were cheering and all the rest of that kind of stuff. And he said, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, he says. He said, because he was talking about the world And he said, you know, we're not to be part of the world. We're not to do this, we're not to do that. And they were plotting, you know, that kind of thing. He says, no, 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 no. You don't understand, he says, I'm talking to you. He says, I've come here, he said, from a whole different environment. And he says, you know something? He says, you look like the world, you smell like the world, you act like the world, and somehow you say you're not part of the world. Where's your transformation? He gave an illustration. He said, if you, if you were walking down the road and got hit by an 18-wheeler driving down the highway, you'd be transformed, you'd be changed. There'd be not much of you left. And that's the experience that we should have as believers. We ought to be changed, we ought to be transformed. There shouldn't be much of us as unbelievers left. We should be different. He says to him. unbind him and let him go. Here was a man that was still wrapped in grave clothes. You and I, when we're saved, we have been dead, we should be made alive. We shouldn't be wrapped up in our dead grave clothes. And I wonder sometimes if some of us are. Do we still have the bindings of death? Do we still have the bindings of this world wrapped around us so tight that we can't enjoy the freedom which is in Christ? The scripture says, for freedom did Christ set us free. We're to be free and unbound by the things of sin and by the things of this world. We should be enjoying the things which belong to Christ. Now he says to those around him, you unbind him. I wonder sometimes if we go through life if there's an experience that we have where we need others to help us. When we need others to see the difficulties that we might be going through, the sin that so easily besets us. Or I'm wondering if maybe in your experience of life, because you care for each other, if you see somebody going through a difficulty, if you see somebody being bound by the things of this world, do you have enough love and compassion and care for them that you'd come alongside and say to them, how are you doing? Are there things that you're being bound with, so that you can be set free. So you can really enjoy the things of the Lord Jesus. We need to make sure that when we have an encounter with the Lord, which we've had as believers, that we're living in the freedom of that. Not bound again by the things of sin. Lazarus would have never gone back and said, after he came out of that tomb and all of the grave clothes was off of him, he would have never gone back and said, you know something, I think I'll just take a few of those strips and put them back on me again. I don't like walking so quick. I just like to just hobble around. I'm just going to wrap myself around with those things again. But you know something? I think that's what happens to us. We're not conscious of it, but it's easy for us to turn around and bring some of those things from our life that was dead works back again and wrap ourselves up in it and we lose the liberty that we have in Christ. We need to help each other. We need to find the freedom which is in Christ Jesus. We need to enjoy the fact that we've had this encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and live in the joy and the happiness of that. And if we're going through hard times, we should have the honesty to be able to say to a brother or sister, look, could you pray for me? I'm going through a difficult time. I'm really bound in something that I'm not happy with. Can you just pray for me? We need to help each other as we go through this life to make sure that the things of our Dead past don't come back to haunt us and bury us and allow us to be overwhelmed by the things of death. For freedom has Christ set us free. That's what we can enjoy. That's what we can say hallelujah about. Our experience this morning, coming together and singing the praise to our God. How wonderful is that? Tremendous. But well, we ought to be able to do it in the freedom which is in Christ. Should we just pray together.